Cynic Empowerment. Welcome, everybody. This is Cynic Empowerment. My name is Jimmy Horn. And I am Tim Carpenter. Thank you so much for joining us today. Ooh-wee. We have got a good one for y'all. We're going to be talking about one of the most dismal subjects known to man. It has followed us over the course of human history, and its morbidity and gruesome nature is unparalleled. Yes, we are talking about corporal punishment. Yes, 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 yes. So, Jimmy, uh, why did you originally want to talk about corporal punishment with me? I wanted to talk about it because we flippantly mentioned corporal punishment last episode, and it seemed like it'd be a lot easier just to riff off that than think (laughs) of another subject. You have a, about. That's an excellent point, Jimmy. Uh, it is very easy to riff off of corporal punishment, mainly because it is such a huge part of human culture uh, and has been for a very, very long time. Uh, I think a good place to start is just, you know, our experience with corporal punishment personally. Oh, uh, wait, I, 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 haven't, I haven't experienced it. I'm still alive, Tim. Oh, you certainly are. Corporal punishment is actually defined as uh, physical punishments. Now, by and large, uh, corporal punishments are relegated uh, to describing lethal corporal punishments, right? The, the variety that, that you take someone else's life uh, as a source of justice or you know, whatever reasoning. Uh, but corporal punishment in particular has been the subject of uh, hotly debated topics since the 1960s when countries like Sweden outlawed corporal punishment against children, uh, which I'm sure both of us have had some type of experience with growing up. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, what was your, uh, what were your parents or your disciplinarians' favored weapons of oh choice? Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, it was usually just like a hand spanking the butt. I mean, my, uh, my dad had it a lot worse than me when he was growing up. His dad was more of like the knock-your-head-into-a-wall kind of Jeez. Dad, yeah. And so my dad was like, I'm not going to do that. But, you know, we're still raised Christians to the whole idea of spare the rod, spoil the child kind of mentality. But I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, I don't think it was too extreme. Anytime I had gotten a spanking growing up, I, I definitely deserved it. Although the one that sticks out the most is, uh, did you ever have Hot Wheels growing up? Oh, yeah. I loved Hot Wheels. So, you know, like Hot Wheel track, how it's like really like flexible and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yep. <laughs> so there was at least once, if not two times, where I really pissed my dad off, and he beat my butt with some Hot Wheel track, and that's the one that sticks out the most. Okay. Uh, well, I assume like one of the flat pieces because there's a lot of curves and loops. On oh that. yeah, it was a flat piece. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, uh, yeah, he just like kept like poking me in the side of the hip with it. it right. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. My my mom used whatever she could find. Uh, my dad had a, like a thick leather belt that he would wear. Yeah. And uh, he used it on my brother more than he used it on me. Uh, but I got it a couple of times. Uh, but I was one of those kids that it didn't really work on. I, and okay. I don't know. I mean, like you tell me your experience. I, I, I actually minded physical punishments much less or, you know, like it didn't change my behavior for yeah. the better. <laughs> Uh, I would just be like, okay, well, I have to endure pain for all of 30 seconds, and then I can keep doing whatever the hell I was doing before. Right. Yeah, no, I think what was more effective when my was when they would ground me from, like, video games. I think that was probably the most efficient of punishments. Be like, all right, you can't play video games for two weeks. But like, two weeks! <laughs> what I am I going to do for two whole weeks of no video games? That is, that's pretty terrible. That's a, <laughs> that's a rigorous punishment. <laughs> Shame on your parents for inflicting such pain on you. Wait, what? did your parents ever do anything like that? <laughs> uh, no. After a while, they figured out that uh, timeout was was my uh, my kryptonite. I absolutely hated that. Uh, okay. I, I just couldn't I couldn't deal with sitting still for a long period of time. I would okay. encourage everyone to look into uh, our previous episode uh, about attention deficit disorder because I think that that plays into why that was such a painful experience for me. <laughs> okay. Uh, but in terms of corporal punishment, um, yeah, my mom would use whatever she could find, usually like hairbrushes. Uh, okay. 
she had actually a heavier hand than my dad did. Really? Yeah. Uh, so I, I learned never to upset her to the, to that degree. I think, hmm, I think my dad was more predisposed mm-hmm. towards doing that sort of thing. But my mom, you know, she would, she would cut loose, you know, She's just like <laughs> going to go all out. Yep. Yep. That's right. So don't, don't cross that line. Uh, well, why do you think our parents did this, man? Like, does it, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, right? Like it, they, they do it when they're stressed and angry for the most yeah. part. Um, I yeah. I, I mean, I think it's probably partially cultural and whatever. I mean, I'm sure your parents, when they were bad, got spanked and their parents, when they got bad, got spanked and yep. just kind of, uh, I don't know, something that we've just held on to for whatever reason as a society. Yeah. I, I think it does kind of come from a like a religious tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, this notion that uh, in order to maintain some kind of patriarchal authority in society, we have to ensure that people are going to bend to our physical will. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whenever somebody steps out of line, uh, in come the cat of nine tails and floggings right. and all of the other good like tools of, of physical pain that people have developed. I mean, you really got to hand it to some of these folks like that. There's a lot of ingenuity that goes into some of these weapons. It's, (laughs) it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, let's see a couple of them that I found, uh, actually the, I I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. It's F A S C E S. Is that Fossies? F A S C E S. I think it's probably fascist because that's where fascist comes from, right? Uh, sounds good to me. Uh, it's the it's like the um, it's similar to the birch rod, which apparently is just like a uh, like a switch. You ever, okay. Did you ever get spanked with a switch? No, we didn't have any uh, willows growing nearby. Yeah, well, the fascist fascist whatever fascist is actually made out of willow, uh, about eight to ten lengths apparently. Okay. You know, like, braid it together or whatever. Uh, and that is used primarily on the butt, you know, as you would expect most spankings to occur. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, there are other, uh, I guess areas of focus, uh, like, uh, bastinado. Have you ever heard of bastinado before? No. <clears throat> it is a whipping of the feet really popular in the third Reich. What the fuck? Yep. And flogging, of course, that would be more like the backside in general. Uh, yeah. And that's still popular in the military. Um, and I don't know if it's still popular in the military. Uh, anybody out there who is a um, military listener, uh, please contact us and let us know what type of corporal punishment actually goes on in the military. I know some of that goes on behind closed doors, I mean, much like a, a lot of corporal punishment, because I think we in this this age of progressive enlightenment that has been going on for you know, many centuries – uh, have eventually come to the point where we understand physical pain towards other human beings as a de-incentive for ill-fitting behavior is just just doesn't work and is is inhumane in general. Uh, so we we tend to keep that in the shadows a little bit, but we want to know about it. So please, 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 please contact us. Um, do you? Uh, I, I know that we mentioned at the beginning of the show, you know, like corporal punishment involves a lot of physical forms of punishment, but I assume today's primary focus is going to be on, on the big daddy, the, the big, the big, big, <laughs> the big corporate punishment, the one that everybody is, is afraid of big old scary. Hey, if you don't do anything wrong, you don't have anything to be afraid of. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Oh man. Okay, so for anybody out there that wants to experience the scum of humanity in full force, go on to YouTube, type in uh, you know, any type of of corporal punishment esque thing like uh like death squads or i mean you can find some of this stuff like you can find it online just scroll down to the comment section and hear all of the human trash that is just like oh you know they got what's coming to them i love to watch them cry this is fantastic you know i was just like how can you have absolutely no compassion for these people like 
You don't even know what kind of crime they committed. And in fact, more often than not, these videos are fake. Like they're, it's, it's, you know, it's some special interest group that's trying to painstakingly reenact uh, a, uh, you know, some case of, of uh, in, incarcerated corporal punishment, you know, that's judicial corporal punishment. That's some like corporal punishment fetish. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. Or, or maybe they, they think that they're going to get a rise out of somebody. But more often than not, it's just an echo chamber. Like people will comment to the comment being like, oh, yeah, I fucking love that, too. And the next person would be like, oh, I wish I could taste their tears. I bet they taste <laughs> like victory. You know, like just <laughs> they taste like victory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but they do. Jeez. Damn. Uh, so in, in terms of, of lethal measures of mm-hmm punishment uh this is illegal in a lot of places yeah right uh where is it still legal i mean it, it, would that be an easier way to, to put it these days or? well so i have like this death there's this really great resource for learning about the death penalty if you if you like uh just like pie charts and numbers and stuff like that and mm-hmm. uh it's uh deathpenaltyinfo.org and I mean, the vast majority of uh, the death penalty being carried out happens in the south of the United States. This is south in general, and, and Texas, obviously. Um, yep. But, I mean, it's still technically legal in a lot of in most regions of the United States. It just doesn't happen uh, nearly as often in, like, the, uh, in the northeast and other parts of it in the west coast. Well, by and large, it's pretty expensive, right? So yeah. there's a there's kind of an ins, uh, an incentive not to follow through with the death penalty, mm-hmm. especially when you can take uh, those incarcerated individuals and you can turn that into free labor. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty nice. That's um, true. Yeah, I mean, like in some ways, like uh, especially in the south. I mean, it's like because I watched this documentary. It's called Fourteen Days in May. Have you heard of it? Uh-uh. It's like a BBC documentary from the 80s, and it's got, it's like the, have, have you ever watched like a documentary in the 80s? Like, I don't know how to describe an 80s documentary, but it's just very, just like these pan shots and not a lot of documentary stuff happening, just like occasionally going up to someone with like a camera and having them talk into it, but you don't yep. really hear the questions being posed. So it's, I don't know, it's kind of freaky to watch it. And the premise of the 14 Days in May is there's this guy who, uh, he's uh, going to be executed in 14 days uh, for something that you may or may not have done. And they're just, like, interviewing, like, the warden of the prison, you know, prepping for the leading up to the uh, execution and stuff like that. But uh, there's also this footage at the very beginning of the film where it's just like this guy on a horse who's like a uh, some kind of official in the prison and then there's just this field of black people working on a farm and like just that image by itself at the beginning of the film is just like yeah this looks a lot like a fucking plantation uh-oh <laughs> i know where that's going you know what uh, i mean gosh you just can't be free labor you know free is And, you know, when you've got the added layer of, like, most people in prison are, unfortunately, um, uh, minorities. And so, or or disproportionately, I think it's still, it's mostly white people. But then with that added layer of, like, you know, black people only make up 10% of American society. but They make up almost 40% of our prisons or whatever. And so it's like, yeah, I don't know. Jeez. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, so it, what do you do when, once they commit a crime that is so heinous that you, you can't even have them, you know, work on your plantation for free? Right. Course, yeah. Okay. You're not even worth having a plantation for free. We've got to, we got to kill your ass now. Got to kill you. You got to <laughs> use that, that all powerful capital punishment. Your, your free labor isn't worth it. Yeah. I, um, oh. like, uh, I, it's, I feel like it's hard to talk about the subject without just, like, jumping into, like, your opinions and how you feel. But yeah. 
like on a very surface level, like the idea of the death penalty, I'm not even necessarily against it. But what, like, I, I do think someone can do something so awful that they could die, and I'd be fine with that. You know, if someone's like a serial murderer, like, kill them. Like, done. Don't care. If you're like a serial child abductor, rapist, murderer, like, dead. Don't care. Okay. Scum of the earth. But what I so, will say that I'm against is the the state, like, believing that the state ha- has all the facts and is going to use this power correctly so like within our current system i don't support it but the okay, idea so of it i'm fine with you just don't trust uh judicial capital punishment yeah. because of the propensity towards these organizations to possibly become corrupted or use it ineffectively exactly okay i, I think that makes a lot of sense i think that uh i don't know if we're going to go down the rabbit hole you know whether or not it is reasonable to ever perform capital punishment on an individual regardless of what they've done mm-hmm. uh, is simply a waste why would you kill them when you could actually you know have them be some type of test subject and i'm not saying that we should disregard <laughs> all of their human rights in order to better discern what exactly caused them to make the decisions that they did or uh, I mean, it's it's probably subconscious in a lot of these instances anyways. I wouldn't say that every person that has ever performed murder, for example, uh, is sitting there just deliberating about it. And then after many, many hours of careful thought, they go and execute the act. No, of course not. A lot of these are crimes of passion. A lot of these people come from certain circumstances that would lead them to believe uh, either through careful deliberation or through split-second decision-making, mm-hmm. that that was the correct choice and they carried it out. So as a result, we can take that individual, we can dissect their brain, we can look at their background, we can keep them under this this careful, watchful eye in order to determine what we could do for future generations of peoples in order to not produce that particular outcome rather than you know vengeance. Right, I I see what you're saying. Um, and you think I mean, you just go ahead and get rid of them? I mean, I'm. I mean, this is all very theoretical because yeah. I mean, I'm not necessarily even against what you're proposing, but I just don't. I as much as I don't see us getting rid of the death penalty happening, I don't see your proposed method. <laughs> Oh, you don't think that happen either. Like, of just like, yeah, let's turn our prisons into, like, uh, uh, sociology labs where we'll study these individuals on a micro or macro level and try to figure out what makes them sick. I mean, there's also a high possibility that that could be even more inhumane than actually just killing the person. Yeah. I mean, depending on how you're testing these subjects and also it's like um i mean i think we know already a lot of the things that turn people into violent criminal right like the number one thing more or less is poverty people are ex i mean rich people don't in general uh commit violent crimes it's destitute desperate people that do these things so it's (laughs) <laughs> well, it's not like it's never happened, though. Like, I mean, right? Wealthy people still have the ability to be able to perform that kind of action, but more often than not, I think that they they can provide themselves with this hierarchical buffer in which they have other people do the dirty work for them. Uh, so they don't necessarily have to place themselves in legal harm's way, definitely, in order to off their, you know, their enemies. And that's also a lot of the reason why I'm I'm against the death penalty is because the vast majority of people that end up being on death row are poor, uneducated people that don't have the necessary funds to defend themselves in court uh, right. because it costs a lot of money to propose a case in which you can defend yourself properly to avoid going to death row and appeal and all that process is super costly. So it's just, I don't know. It's just like our society's like very slow, shitty way of like killing poor and educated people. 
Oh, it's very inefficient as well. I, like we should just describe the whole eat the poor principle. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's a much more effective way of turning them into something useful. So we should just turn them into soylent green. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think it's more like a like they're they're scapegoats to be sacrificed, and not Definitely. necessarily as a way to stamp them out entirely, or as an and as an effective means to ensure that poverty doesn't exist because those individuals who are perpetuating poverty are going to be discontinued in some sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's, you know, you, you, it's, it's unfair for a number of reasons. Uh, and I think that poverty is a factor that certainly plays into the fact that people are going to commit crimes. Mm -hmm. uh, but poverty can be related to all kinds of things. Like it's, it's such a vague concept in terms of, uh, you know, trying to delineate what would cause someone to commit certain crimes in particular. Like, does being impoverished cause you to uh, more likely become a, a practitioner of rape? Like, it, it doesn't necessarily follow, right? Right. No, but, okay, I mean, if you're desperate and you don't have any money, you're more likely to commit, like, armed burglary where you might incidentally yep. murder someone when your intent was just to steal a TV or whatever. That's or, true. Or maybe your poverty has led you to using street drugs, and, and now you're you're not only poor, but you need these drugs, so, you know, you arm... Uh, mug some guy on the street and it goes south and you end up murdering that person right when if you had the funds you wouldn't be running around on the streets with a gun doing these things to begin with so yeah. that, that's what i mean by like the the destitute kind of uh the only thing you have is your physical fitness <laughs> uh, yeah. and so you use that as a tool to get the things that you want where if you have money you don't have to resort to that yeah, you don't have to sacrifice your body or, or your, all of your time in the case of life imprisonment. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And, and, so I'm yeah. looking at a list of countries right here that uh, have have practiced capital punishment in the past, uh, and more interestingly, uh, what their year of the last execution was. Okay. Their political borders. So I'm looking down through here. And a lot of these countries, it's been quite a while. For example, um, let's see, Colombia, it says 1910. Now, 1910 is a long time ago. I would think that the country of Colombia possibly practices some form of corporal punishment, whether it be on a smaller scale uh, or something to that degree, uh, outside of the confines of the law. While if we look you know, scroll down a little bit, look at Guatemala, uh, we've got 2017. We had a lethal injection in 2017. Yeah. Scroll down a little bit more. And of course, everybody's interested in uh, good old United States. 2018. Great oh, yeah. job. Great job, United every States. Killing people every year. Uh, Japan recently hanged a bunch of people. Yeah, what for? Uh, do you, are you familiar with the sarin gas attacks from the, I think it was the 90s? Yes, I am. The uh, what was the name of the cult? I can't remember. There were like the oh, flying. It's, it's on Shimrikyo. That's oh, it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they finally hanged the people that were the last people that were in prison that were responsible for that. Yeah, those are all like the, some of the most evil people that have ever lived. Like yeah. easily. Uh, anybody that has not heard of um, Shimrikyo uh, or the you know that weird ass doomsday cult was it back in the. It was back in the 80s? It was, yeah, was, I think it was either in the 80s or 90s, but I could be wrong on my mental thoughts. <laughs> oh. Um, Shinryo. 1984. Nice. Okay. That is a fitting year. I like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, these people are absolutely jacked. Insane. Not to say that they should have been given the death penalty per se, but what else are you going to do with people that are hell-bent on destroying the world? Doing or sarin gas attacks on the public. Right. Yeah. Sarin gas is very dangerous for anyone who doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, man. It's, like, incredibly dangerous. Like, in the 
like such a small amount can kill you. Uh, yeah. Whatever. That's that's all beside the point. So, uh, capital punishment uh, as a form of corporal punishment is this. Well, I guess we've already kind of uh, talked about whether or not it is an effective means of preventing people no. from. <laughs> yeah. So. I, yeah. It doesn't I really mean, work. Like, um, so my fun, I have a lot of cool charts here. Let me find one. There's a good one that gives you, okay. So this is public opinion and the death penalty section. And there was a poll commissioned by the DPIC, which found Mm -hmm. police chiefs ranked the death penalty last among ways to reduce violent crime. The police chiefs also considered the death penalty the least efficient use of taxpayers' money. And so there's this chart here of what police officer or police chiefs believe are the most uh efficient ways for uh reducing um violent crime or what like the major causes are and so the number one major cause they believe is lack of law enforcement resources the second they believe is uh drug slash alcohol abuse uh then family problems child abuse and then lack of programs for the mentally ill uh then crowded courts then ineffective prosecution then too many (laughs) guns then gangs and then the very last of the list, I think, of like things that are effective or waste is uh, insufficient use of the death penalty. They don't like believe that if we just ha- killed more people, somehow it'd make our problems go away, which I think is pretty insightful coming from police chiefs that are dealing with the criminal justice system. They probably, you would think, would know um, now, a certain amount about it. But I, Yeah, I, and I, I totally agree with those police chiefs, but... Imagine being one of those people. Like, what if your job was to be a pseudo executioner? You might not be pressing the button or pulling the lever, but you're making the choice that is ultimately going to progress this human to their death. Mm-hmm. No, no, not- no, no, Tim. The the prisoner made that choice when they did the crime. <laughs> right, because we have this system in place with all of these interworking parts, and it's no one's fault because it's everyone's fault or yeah. something like that. Exactly. It's a dispersion of responsibility to the degree that you can't necessarily even blame the executioner themselves. Yeah, you're you're, Which, you're, you're making me do this. Those the executioners in in many instances, like for example, lethal injections, yeah. are not actually employed by the prison systems uh, in, as as full time peoples. Mm-hmm. They are paid a, a, a certain stipend, and they will come in perform the execution. And then once their services have been rendered, they're done. There was one that – sorry. They don't get paid much. Uh, From what I've heard, it's around 300 bucks. There was one that I saw where where they did the lethal injection where apparently they brought in EMTs to perform it because they couldn't have doctors or nurses do it because there's a – what's that oath? Hippocratic oath something? There's like an oath that doctors and nurses take that they – yeah, don't do harm. And, um, so I thought that was interesting, but, but because they're having like these EMTs, like not as trained professionals, like sometimes these lethal injections go south because they, they puncture the vein wrong or whatever. And it ends up being extremely painful for the person being put to death. Yeah. I, uh, I made the mistake of watching some videos. Why? I wanted to see it. And Why do you I want to see it? I wouldn't necessarily advise anybody to do that, uh, but it's uh, Why? taunting. Uh, so apparently, what, there's like a process, right? It doesn't involve just a singular chemical. Nope. Uh, you know, first they'll you know put in some type of uh, like anesthetic, yeah. uh, which is that that precedes the potassium chloride. Uh, I don't know if any other poisons are used, but I think potassium chloride is one of the one of the most prolific mm-hmm. uh, in terms of executing through lethal injection. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, you know, a lot of that is for that. You, so you have the the uh, oh uh, oh my gosh, one of the most important parts. So you have the anesthetic, right? Yep. If the anesthetic doesn't work, there is another chemical that is injected directly after. And I'm not a healthcare professional, so I can't remember the name of it, but. It's meant to paralyze the person who is who is receiving the lethal injection, mm-hmm. uh, which one could assume 
is just in case the anesthetic doesn't exactly work. Mm-hmm. You don't want this person flailing about because sometimes the public is able to watch. And right. if that's the case, you don't want this person – you don't want it to seem like it's inhumane even though that's exactly what it is anyways. It's right. five people or you know, however many people that are standing in the room killing someone. And because they're all there and they're all in their white coats and everything's antiseptic and the person's not flying around on the table, it's okay. It's socially yeah. acceptable. It's all kosher. Yep. Uh, and then they'll administer the potassium chloride, which of course uh, is meant to stop the heart of the, uh, of the inmate. So that uh, it kills them good. Kills them, kills them right dead. Yeah. Is this any more humane than other forms of capital punishment that have been practiced before, like hanging with the um, Shinrikyo, for example? Um, I mean, so there is another documentary I watched called How to Kill a Human, where it's basically this British dude going around trying to find the most humane to kill somebody. And I mean... Anyways, I, I, there's certain things I thought would jump about the documentary. But basically, so, I mean, like, hanging can be instantaneous if it's done correctly. But, there's, I guess, there's a lot of factors involved in, like, how quickly they drop you. And, like, depending on how much you weigh and how yep. they tie the knot and yada, yada, yada. So, there are instances where it can be, like, slow and painful and not work out the way it's supposed to. Uh, apparently, also, using gas has been used it's like cyanide gas to kill people yeah. in the united states um and apparently if you if you breathe in nice and slow and steady while you're being gassed it's not too horrible but but if you're freaking out but if you're freaking out it's gonna be a really okay. awful shitty thing but i think it's gonna be pretty hard not to freak out when you know you're breathing in poison yeah um the electric chair is awful I, I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't know how much I got to say about it. Like, and also, like, there was, like, this one case that was really bad where instead of using, like, actual sponge, which is, like, a good conductor, some yep. prison thought they would cheap out and just use some synthetic sponge, which does yeah. not work the same way. Jeez. And instead of just, like, electrocuting the person, they, like, cooked the person. Um, so that's bad. What <laughs> firing squads used to be popular at one point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, but like, um, so what's the process called whenever like you, you lose oxygen when you go in the high altitudes or whatever? Asphyxiation? No. Asphyxiation? No, it's not asphyxiation. Oh, what's it fucking called? Hypoxia? Is it hypoxia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, yes. Okay, so hypoxia. Deficiency in the amount of oxygen reaching the tissues. So... Apparently, death by hypoxia is very uh, euphoric. So what he did is he like went into like a jet, and um, he had like another guy that had like his you know oxygen max on, and then he didn't, and they start out having him just do like put like the square in like the square hole kind of puzzle type things like demonstrate like the effects it has on your mental functions and so he started off being able to do it and the guy was like oh what's what's uh eight minus three and he was like four he's like are you sure and he's like yeah it's four and apparently he was about to pass out and they put his oxygen on and he was like yeah like i wasn't like afraid at all like i was fine like and i was sure i was getting all the answers right he's like this seems like a good way to die and (laughs) That was more or less the conclusion of the documentary. Uh, and, There's a silver lining right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, but apparently it's like really expensive to try to make hypoxia happen. But there's some, oh. some like doctor in Germany or some shit trying to induce chemically induced hypoxia to kill animals. Because going back to animal cruelty, I guess this guy's worried that animals die in pain, so he's trying to find a way to murder cows with hypoxia and then at the very end of the documentary he like confronts some pro corporal punishment guy and he was like hello i found the perfect way to kill somebody with hypoxia Uh, do you dig it 
And then the guy was just some dude from the United States. He's like, no, you don't understand. You <laughs> say perfect because it's painless. But I think when people are murdered, they should feel pain. And then he was like, but, but why? And he's like, because. And then the documentary ended. Really? Yeah, that's literally how it ended, was he confronted someone. was like, hey, we found a painless way to kill people. Like, are you're pro-death penalty. Are you pro this? And he was like, no, I want people to feel pain. I was like, Jesus. So how do you deal with people like that? Um, you use the death penalty on them. And then they're <laughs> like, oh, this does hurt. I don't like it. Uh, well, I guess that's that's an easy way to just get rid of them, you know. You, you don't have to well, deal you with. Well, you don't go all the yeah. way with it. But you, what you like, you botch it. <laughs> yeah, you botch it. You like, you do like uh, a non-lethal dose of lethal injection, and he's like, "Ow, this hurts." Ow, ow, ow. Well, wait, like, wouldn't that? What if that? Wouldn't that just like harden his resolve? Because he's like, he wants it to be painful, uh-oh. right? it's painful on him he's like yeah that's exactly what i'm talking about oh no i was hoping you would i was hoping he would have he would turn around and like he would experience the pain <laughs> and it's like it's like the kid that like bites the other kids and then you use your full-grown adult teeth and then you bite that kid and then the kid learns that pain hurts and the kid stops biting kids well but that's only if they if they have the rationale that you know that that is uh you know, they, they can place themselves outside of their own body. They can look at their behavior uh, from a third-party perspective and yeah. say, oh, yeah, well, I shouldn't I shouldn't hurt other people because I myself do not wish to be hurt, especially when there is the possibility that someone is able to hurt me in a much more severe way, uh, which acts as, like, de-incentivization, right? Yeah. But even so, like, that's – that's the problem with corporal punishment in general. Like the kids who receive a lot of beatings from their parents when they're younger yeah. typically end up growing up to do the exact same thing to their children or at the very least have a more aggressive behavioral pattern. Yeah. And I'm not saying – there's a lot of studies out there that back that up. So everybody out there that's listening to this, don't get up on your high horse and be like, oh, well, I was beat a lot when I was a kid. Now I'm a pacifist. Like, yeah, I'm sure that's possible. I'm sure there are people out there like that, but by and large, if you grow up in a certain way and if you are indoctrinated into whatever type of norm, chances are you're going to practice it well into adulthood because that's all you know. It's how it goes. Um, So yeah, dealing with the proponents of uh, corporal punishment or capital punishment in particular, it's tough because it seems like people are really passionate about this subject on both sides of the fence. Right. Hmm. Uh, so, for the proponents, uh, I guess there there is the argument that you know the big old scary loss of life is going to prevent other people who are going to be viewing that interaction taking place. Yep. And they are not going to commit those crimes because they recognize what could possibly happen to them. Yep. But there is also a group of people that's claiming that it's it's justice because they took someone else's life or because they committed some type of heinous act that is deserving of capital punishment, that they should receive that as due course. And I think that is a little bit more complicated. Like the people who are, are saying capital punishment is a deterrence, uh, I can kind of see that a little bit. I mean it's still a pretty weak argument, and I don't think it necessarily follows through completely. But – it's the people who think that it's a matter of due course, that people are uh, innately evil and that the wrathful nature of humans must be stamped out whenever it rears its ugly head. Those are the people that we really need to be worried about in terms of changing their mind or trying to figure out some kind of middle ground. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like uh... – <laughs> well, it, what I think is weird is uh, once again not to bring politics into this but traditionally the people that are pro death penalty right are usually more conservative individuals would you say that that tracks that's true uh say that again that that people that are pro death penalty are generally more conservative individuals right uh well i think it's a traditional approach so yeah i think that, that makes sense and what I think is weird about that is traditionally these conservative people are very wary of the government, but somehow like they trust the government 
to like kill people like to be themselves wait what's that i have no doubt in my mind that those people would do it themselves if given the opportunity what murder the people yeah I, i think that if 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 given the opportunity that they would be free from legal persecution in order to carry out vigilante justice that these people would be out in the streets shooting people up probably not all of them though i'm sure there's not plenty all. of i, I think I, the, the ones that are are uh, convicted uh, to do so certainly would yeah but i don't know i i was just trying to get into the non like logical idea of like i don't know <laughs> trusting the government enough to carry out murder but like not trusting right. the government to do anything else i don't know well, that's a problem with a lot of conservative thought in general. It's like there are many aspects to uh, social departments and, and uh, infrastructures that have been put into place that we in general enjoy, uh, including conservatives, yet they still don't like the aspect of organized government because it leans way to, leads way to uh, – I don't know, some type of mentality that there is someone above them or someone that can possibly enforce a law that they don't agree with or, you know, that there is some type of higher power that uh, directly conflicts with uh, their religious or traditional ideologies. Um, uh, whatever. I, I don't know. I That might be a discussion for another episode. <laughs> That's fair. And some, then uh, – well, well, then there's the added layer of like death penalty – being more expensive than yep. traditional other forms of punishment. So why do it? Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Why do it at all? Uh, sometimes it costs uh, up to uh, like $400,000. Uh, and it, I mean, the, some of these numbers are outdated as well, because like we said earlier, this is not exactly socially acceptable in all areas of the developed world. So people tend to keep a lot of these numbers under wraps. They don't necessarily want to be known as the country that has the most capital punishment. <laughs> right. Uh, so that's that's uh, it's definitely ineffective in a certain sense because there's a lot of red tape that you got to go through. Uh, unless you're in, I don't know. I think there are a lot of uh, theocracies. Uh, and underdeveloped nations that practice uh, corporal punishment, at least, if not capital punishment, uh, that are doing it on such a small scale or so flippantly. Uh, flippantly, yeah. That that it probably doesn't cost anything. It probably all it takes is like somebody being able to exert the willpower to beat the hell out of somebody. It's like, hey, you stole my apple. We gotta chop off your hand now. Yep, there are a lot of uh, South African uh, videos on YouTube uh, of people just like, and, and I mean they're not they're not super intense. Like it's not like it, they're they're not videos that are going to be tear jerkers, uh, but it's like grown men that are taking other grown men and laying them over a bench and then like spanking them, uh, and like they'll be like, you know, the, the, of course it, it's more humiliating than it is painful, or at least that's the way that it looks because there are people in the background in most of these videos that are laughing at what's going on. Um, but that is also a form of corporal punishment, even though it doesn't necessarily carry that severity in our minds and, you know, in most Western cultures view as, uh, you know, like torturous, uh, or inhumane. You know what we need to bring back? What? The stockyards where we like take the person and put their head and their hands through the, the little wooden thing and you clamp it and you put them in the center of town yep. and you throw tomatoes at them. Yeah. Rotten tomatoes. Yeah. yeah. Get them. Uh, that hey, back. That... Social shaming is, is a pretty effective form of ensuring people fall in line. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think that works out pretty well. Uh, so before we go on to the silver lining here, got one question for you, Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, how would you want to go? Which uh, what would be your preferred method of capital punishment uh, implemented on you if you were to be the victim of such a thing? Well, now that I know about the hypoxia thing, that seems like a pretty good way to go. Yeah. Well, what if I limited it to only the standard versions? Oh, fuck hypoxia. you. Those weird. all suck. It's pretty weird. Yeah, they all suck, of course. But <laughs> hey, choose the less um, evils here. <laughs> damn. I don't know. Yeah. If somebody could perform death by hanging like quickly, where it just like snaps my neck, yeah. 
I think that's the way to go. I, I think, yeah, I think I'd probably go with hanging. I, yeah. If, like if I, it works for our forefathers' forefathers, it works for me, too. Uh, like, I really would hope that I wouldn't be the person that just, like, is having, like, the slow hang where I'm just, like, kicking and I'm just suffocating. Like, that would suck. Yeah. Like, face turning all purple, tongue turning all purple. <sighs> yeah, that would suck a lot. I don't know if it would suck more than the electric chair. Oh, no. That, yeah, no. Hanging over an electric chair every time. Electric chair, I think, is, like, my number... Damn. Would I rather get shot in a firing squad or an electric chair? Ooh. Firing squad doesn't sound too bad, but if it doesn't they... sound too bad? Yeah. Yeah. If they if they nail you in the head, it's it lights out, you I know? I don't know, man. I... I don't know. Just imagine if, like, they're not that good a shot. You just get, like, pelted oh, by, like, geez, a dozen just, bullets. You're right, just like, it hurts. Oh, God. It's Why? all just lower abdomen shots. Exactly. Like, because I, I, I uh, Dan, I, I could be misanecdoting, but I think, like, <laughs> let's say you have, like, a firing squad and it's, like, 12 people shooting at one person. Yep. Like, a certain percentage of those people won't even hit the person. Because they know that other people are going to hit them, and they don't want to have to feel bad about it, if that makes sense. I, yeah, and I've, I've heard a similar story where blanks are included in some people's guns. Oh, okay. So, so they can aim, uh, but there's only like one or two live rounds. Uh, so nobody really knows who pulled the trigger that legitimately killed the person. Yeah. Uh, which goes back to that, that whole, like, hey, you're a human being. You should probably feel something whenever you take somebody's life. And right. that's evidenced here in, in firing squads. Um, all right. So let's move on to the silver lining here. I, I think it's about time to, to find a little bit of happiness. Uh, of course, those of you that have been longtime listeners understand that uh, the, one of the important aspects of our show is that we try to find the other side of the coin here. Uh, the, it's the, the silver lining to whatever type of negative evil that we, we find present here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what is it for corporal punishment? Um, we live on a planet with limited resources. You get rid of a few people. That's one less mouth to feed. I'm just kidding. That's uh, right. It's more efficient. We're faster that way. Yeah. Trimming the fat. That's um, right. Cream of the crop, baby. <laughs> uh, it's pretty difficult. Uh, on one hand, you could say it acts as a deterrent. Um, but I think by and large, that's that's been pretty much disproven. Uh, if anything, like, uh, I think in the modern day, because, uh, many principalities are taking a more scientific approach towards studying this phenomenon, uh, and that we are steadily progressing out of the age of capital punishment, uh, that is becoming chastised on a, on a global scale, at least by many of the United Nations countries. Uh, that we can recognize that this is, uh, albeit slowly, becoming a, a part of the past. You know, something that at one point in time was very socially normed within our world, but is nowadays only relegated to you know the the small, underdeveloped, uh, and uh, you know poor, despot countries that still believe that they have to maintain some kind of authority. Uh, over the physical populations, yeah, um, or something to that degree. Uh, in 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 uh, in honor of this particular part of the show, uh, I want to also bring up uh, a study by Jared Diamond, uh, who was writing in regards to hunter gatherer societies. Uh, okay. Apparently, uh, corporal punishment was not evident in many of these hunter-gatherer societies. And these in particular, uh, the researchers lived uh, amongst the Parankya, the Johansi peoples, and the Aboriginal Australians. Okay. Uh, and they have almost a complete absence of physical punishment of, at the very least, children in these cultures. So they didn't punish their kids physically. Uh, he writes... Probably the only generalization that can be made about the use of physical punishment among primitive tribes is that there was no common procedure. Pettit concludes that among primitive societies, corporal punishment is rare, 
not because of the innate kindness of these people, but because it is contrary to the developing the type of individual personality they set up as their ideal. An important point to be made here is that we cannot state that physical punishment as a motivational or corrective device is innate to man. And I think I think that's a pretty good takeaway. Should be more like these hunter-gatherer tribes and recognize that, you know, violence and uh, you know breaking the law is not necessarily something that's going to be fixed by trying to turn the switch on these people. <laughs> and, damn, damn it. Yep. <laughs> and uh, get rid of them, or at the very least, physically harm them. No, that's good. Thank you for yep. sharing that. I think so. All right. Well. Jimmy, is there anything that you're sad about other than uh, capital punishment? <laughs> no, man, I'm jazzed about it. Um, Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally cool. I am not particularly sad, so I'm going to defer to you. That's excellent. Um, let's see. Well, we've got some uh, some budding tariff wars that are... Uh, starting up around the world um got uh, uh relations with russia to be worried about we have uh some some conservative tabloids trying to uh start up some kind of issue with uh chinese sovereignty uh in um in uh and i don't know like a, i guess there was some type of flyby in which Chinese governments were setting up some kind of blockade and, you know, trying to incite something. I don't know. It sounds like rabble rousing. So I'm sad about rabble rousing. That's mm-hmm. not. Yeah. But other than that, I'm doing pretty good. I think we're all right. I think so. All right. Well, where can they find us, Jimmy? All right. If you are interested in contacting us, whether you want to give us uh, a suggestion on something you would like to hear about or something for our listener response episode or something you heard on the show to correct us and otherwise, be sure to email us at cynicempowerment at gmail.com or you can also find us on Facebook where you can like us and message us there. And if you uh, have an iPhone, you can download any of our episodes on iTunes or Stitcher. Yeah, Stitcher. All right. Good deal. Uh, well, that's a fantastic episode. Uh, thank you, everyone, that joined in today. Uh, we are still in uh, the process of working on a little mini webisode. I think we might might do that pretty soon. What do you think, Jimmy? Yeah, yeah. So pretty soon. Uh, so last minute request for any feedback, uh, and we will be constructing that one shortly. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, everybody, keep your head up. And we will catch you next time. Catch you next time, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.